The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side, and happy weekend. And happy weekend to you. I'm Eric Ozzes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Here I stole we are. Your there you go. Another <laughs> episode of Open House Team Reba is yes. off and running. So hope you're having a good weekend so yes. far. Yes, and uh, it's running into spring. So yeah, yeah. getting there almost, yes. almost. Well, there's like cool things going on, like daffodils coming up and starting to bloom. The crocus oh, yeah. is out. The heather is blooming. It's... I have roses in bloom. They're so what? confused. Yeah, they're they're full bloom roses. Like you know, they, all they, your roses are just like a couple. There's types. like about three or four of them. They don't know what's going on. Huh. You know, they're all they're all confused. But no, it's good. You're seeing starting to see some birds showing up that have been down, you know, vacationing in Mexico. They've come back, you know, from their trips. Apparently, the border opened up for them to fly back. You know, that's with good. The whole COVID thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't see any face masks on any of them though. So, but I I, I believe we are instructed now to take away our bird feeders for a while. Um, what? Yes. This is a joke, right? It's not. It's not because what? there's a, I think it's some salmonella that's that's running around amongst the birds and they don't want them all congregating in one spot like at a feeder. Uh, Where so did you hear this? I read it, you know, on the interweb. Yeah. Reliable source? A reliable source. Okay. Yeah, as reliable as any news can be these days. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, you're supposed to take those down for a little bit. But honestly, Is I don't know what the difference is. Be- well, for for any of them, any because birds? if they're all like, they don't they're supposed to be practicing no social more, distancing. No more avian flus of any kind. Right. Yeah. They they need to do their part in this whole pandemic, birdemic. You know, I guess I kind of understand that. Did, mm. There was a recent 60 Minutes episode that was talking about pandemics and like the next pandemic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was interesting because the persons that they were interviewing were all talking about. Um, no, wait, was it 60 Minutes? No, it wasn't even 60 Minutes. It was a different show that I was watching. But they were still mentioning like not this pandemic, but the fact that so many of our pandemics do come from, you know, it. They cross leaping over. from another mm-hmm. species, right? right. Mm-hmm. And that it is, I, I guess I shouldn't sit here and mock what you were just saying because it's like, well, actually, no, <laughs> well, that does make sense. They're not talking about this one about... crossing over, but the, it's just the, amongst the birds, they don't want it to hurt their populations. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I yeah. get that because, yeah. well, you want them healthy, and if right. they're healthy, then they're less likely to have other stuff around to make us unhealthy. I haven't taken my bird feeder down yet, but I did put a sign up, one of those six feet, you know, stay six feet apart things. So I'm sure you know, that will function quite well. Yeah. Wrote it out. Do the squirrels read that too? They they're they don't care. They're gangsters. No, they just do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they are gangsters. Yeah, they're, they're just gonna do what they're gonna do, doing their squirrel things. That yeah, is very, very true. Yep. yep. But very, I'm very I'm true. looking forward to spring actually. Got a full full schedule already and there's gonna be so much going on this spring. Are you talking about for your garden? For everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just for life. Oh, yeah, for life and Fishing, for the garden. Um, boating. Yep, yep. Uh, I don't know if anybody's, uh, you know, if you know about this, but make a trip up to Flower World mm-hmm. in Malpe 
It's oh yeah, that's a great place. Acres. Oh, it's a dangerous place. That place yes. is you will actually I should I haven't been there in a long time. Oh. I should go up there. Yeah, now that my yard is better and capable of taking in more plantings. Yeah. I should get up it there. Will empty your wallet, that place will. It's, yes, it's if you are not cool. careful. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. That's right. Speaking of emptying wallets, yes. you want to talk about rates? <laughs> well, let's hope it doesn't empty someone's wallet, but yes. Well, because uh, well, I know the last time we were talking about this, there was a little bit of volatility. Yeah. So uh, the little bit uh, turned into a lot. And, oh, and okay. so the last, the last week has been um, probably one of the, the more volatile weeks I, I've seen in the, the bond markets, you know, in, in my career over 30 years of doing this. So it's, mm-hmm. it's jumping all over the place and there's, there's like kind of a, a workout. Yeah, it's, it is. Cause one day to the next, you don't really know what to expect. You know, we, we end the day good and we think it'll be good continuing into the morning and it's not. Uh, so what's happening is the bond markets, and I've said mm-hmm. this many, many times, but the bond yes. market is what drives mortgage rates, and the bond yes. market is driven by fear, fear, fear of inflation. Yes, which we are looking at. We are looking at, yeah. So there's there's quite a few things that are impacting, you know, kind of sparking this fear. The first one is is that the the pandemic appears to be kind of fairly quickly moving into our rearview mirror. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're we've got three vaccines on the market now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the incidents, the case rates are way down. The death rates are, are dropping, um, you know, even amongst our senior senior population. So people are, are really kind of getting out and about now. Uh, hopefully we're going to start to see some things opening up here in the state of Washington, Governor. Uh, so, you know, no, we're in I mean, phase there, two. There's I supposed to be you. phase three. There is no plan, but let's hope soon. I got to say, if you're out and about, though, because I am out and about here and there, Mm -hmm. and I actually took myself out for dinner last weekend. Mm -hmm. And a lot of places, I mean, even though they're at 25% capacity, man, they've got wait lists. Oh, yeah, big time. You can see there's pent up demand. There is absolutely big time. Yep. So we'll see, you know, that's going to start changing. But what's what's happening is, you know, we've got the pandemic kind of starting to slip behind us. We have a $1.9 trillion stimulus package, um, you know, that's, that's, that's working its way through. Um, we have a $15 minimum wage that's being talked mm-hmm. about. We have yeah. a curtailment of oil production. So you've seen the price of the gas pump. You know, it's already going up yep. dramatically. Oh, I noticed that just this last week. And, um, you know, we've, uh, you know we've, we also see proposals for significantly higher corporate taxes. And all of these things are inflationary. And they mm-hmm. will cause, um, you know, you know, cause prices to rise, uh, wages to rise, yeah. ri- rising taxes will will somewhat have an opposite effect on that. Um, but all of these things have have really unsettled the bond markets. Um, uh, this this week we had uh, one of the poorest bond auctions, treasury auctions mm-hmm. in in the history of having bond auctions. So, and, and, and just to explain that, you know, when you talk about, you know, $1.9 trillion, mm-hmm. you know, stimulus package, we don't have that money, okay? Yeah. We're not collecting taxes enough to pay for that. Right. We have to borrow that. Yes. And the way we borrow it is by selling government bonds. And those bonds are sold at auction. They have to be sold. If there's not enough, um, you know, buyers of those bonds, we have to keep increasing the rate, increasing the rate until enough buyers will be sort of, you know, goaded into into purchasing them. And that's what's happening. So when we have poor bond auctions, uh, that pushes rates up rapidly and, and dramatically. 
So, uh, la- you know, this this week, um, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell came out and testified before Congress. Mm-hmm. There's a semi-annual we call it the Humphrey, Humphrey Hawkins testimony. Yep. Basically trying to calm the markets down, saying, you know, inflation's not a problem. Everything's good. All is well. All is well. And the markets uh, looked at him and go, ah, yeah. no, no, it's not. We don't believe you. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they gave him a big raspberry and uh, and went right on their merry way, you know, and yeah. kind of, you know, terrorizing the markets. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens here over the course of the next, um, you know, couple of weeks. Uh, the Fed will uh, probably engage in some maneuvers to try to calm the markets down. They're talking about reenacting one called Operation Twist. And Operation Twist what? is where the Fed... Not a dance. It's not a dance. Well, <laughs> sort of a financial dance, I guess you will, because the Fed will essentially be replacing short-term or nearly um, uh, expiring government debt with longer-term government debt as sort of an attempt to flatten the yield curve. It'll raise shorter-term rates and it'll lower longer-term rates. Um, you know, they've done this a few times over the over the decades. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's, you know, definitely something on the books that we'll be watching for. Um, so a lot of volatility now, I, mm-hmm. you know, have we hit bottom on rates? Yeah, I think so. You know, are they going to go super crazy on us? I don't think so. And I'll kind of stick okay. by, I know at the beginning of the year, we always give our, mm-hmm. you know, pro- you know, our, our prognostications, prognostications and, and, uh, you know, that rates are going to remain low. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think they will, you know, but we're definitely up from our all time lows. If Yeah, if we had some crazy, yeah. crazy lows. Oh, Like you and I yeah. both were like, what in yeah, the world? Yeah, like mind-bogglingly low yes and um and so we're, we're off of those super lows mm-hmm. if you're still thinking of refinancing that sort of thing yeah it's it's still a good time to look into that mm-hmm. uh, we do have some clients and you and i have one in mm-hmm. common though where where some of the special loan programs especially zero down first yeah. time homebuyer mm-hmm. stuff the rates on those went up a half a percent like overnight now all of a sudden if you're trying to be yep. qualified to buy a home and you are at your maximum sale price mm-hmm. We're gonna have to toggle that back a little bit right. because of because of the impact of higher rates. Now, I want to just mention that was actually a cool thing that we were doing with her offer this last week. Mm-hmm. Is that you really looked at what her buying profile setup was mm-hmm. and modified the program she was going to go into, yeah, to make it more Palatable. feasible for her to go to yeah. that particular property because yeah. she was set on that property and she wasn't going to be able to do it with the original package right. we'd set up. Mm-hmm. Right. But knowing that she's not looking to move, like she's a person who like gets in and sits for years right. and years and years and years. Right. This isn't like a short term thing. You did yeah. a great job of looking at her overall situation. Oh, it's so. it's it's a first time pro- buyer program, but mm-hmm. it, it's a to me it's a super scary one because there's there's really really strict rules on it. Yeah, and, I get it. And so I spent yeah. quite a bit of time talking about mm-hmm. okay you know this is the way this program works and mm-hmm. you know we have to make sure our documentation lines mm-hmm. up and matches and oh yeah you have to be living in this home for a long time you right. can't sell it right away and yeah that and, sort she's, of thing. and she doesn't have plans to do she's that anyway that. so yeah. it works great yeah so in that case yeah. that's good uh, so here we are um, the mm-hmm. national average for mortgage rates a 30-year fixed rate conventional loan we are up above the three percent mark uh, 3.14 percent and uh, and actually, as last uh, uh, last week, we were sitting right around three point two two. We were actually down just a little bit from from where we were. So we're firmly above the three percent mark. Again, still not the end of the world. Uh, Fifteen year fixed rates two point five percent. 
FHA and VA 30-year fixed rates are still under 3%. We're at 2.75. Nice. We were as low as 2.25. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that. So, but still, 2.75, you can't, you know, can't beat still, that with a stick. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so the, the rates are up a little bit. You know, we, mm-hmm. we do have a lot of volatility right now. I might talk about that just a little bit more after the break. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's, they're, they're not uh, something to be played with, you know, if you're, on the fence about it, it's a good time to lock in a rate. Absolutely sure. it is. So we're going to also be talking about changes coming up in the MLS forms during the show. Lots of changes, a bit of volatility, but we'll see where that uh, shows up for you when we get back on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. We're back. Open House with Team Reba here. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes, we're back. And I'm Reba House with Team Reba. That sounded very spunky over well, there. It's a Saturday. You yeah. know, why not? I like your spunk. Yeah. I'm all about, we've already saying it's springtime. That's time to get, you know, spunky and springy in our steps. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I want to I want to get into some some stuff that you've got going on here. I just uh-huh. kind of want to finish up a quick thought. We were talking about rates yes. in the first segment. Mm-hmm. You know, they're up a little bit, yeah. but still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing: uh, when when rates have been really low for months and months, which we experienced last you know oh, yeah. last year and into into the beginning of this year, and all of a sudden they start to get jumpy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our customers have this habit of of thinking, "I'll just wait oh. and see if they go back down again." Yeah, and, and I've also heard the comment. Um, I'm going to wait to buy my house mm-hmm. until the until the, the bubble pops. Yeah, yeah. And the prices drop, mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to put my name out there saying I really do not see that happening. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to interest rates, when you're locking in an interest rate, it's just like if you're buying a share of stock. Mm-hmm. There's no two minute warning, right? You know that hey, prices are going to change. You know, as a lender, we don't get that. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we'll be going along, and the, our, our pricing window is locked down, and we cannot lock a rate. And they'll say, oh, due to volatility in the market, you know, we're having to reprice, you know, for the mm-hmm. worst. All of a sudden, the cost of your loan just went up. And, and so, so when we're lock, talking about locking a rate, I need to be, like, on my computer saying, okay, mm-hmm. you want to lock? Yep, okay, and I'm going to hit the button that, that very minute. Right. If I say, okay, I'll, yeah, we'll lock you in, and then I go off to lunch. Oh yeah, and come back doesn't work. No. You know, all of a sudden I could be coming back into a whole mm-hmm. big, whole big uh, basket of hurt. So, so there's no two minute warning. You know, right now we are very volatile. So if you're if you're shopping for rates, mm-hmm. you know, call everybody on the same day because they're changing every day. Sometimes mm-hmm. more more than once a day, and that's unusual for the mortgage markets. Yeah. Um, and well, you and I have said anyone who is a rate shopper. Mm-hmm. They, they run a lot of risk. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people who like to do rate shopping. I've always been a fan of just know your bandwidth. Know yeah. that range that you're comfortable with the payment level for that. Mm-hmm. And just stick with it. And don't panic about the whether it's just one tiny little piece off of that. As long as it's within a range of something that you're comfortable spending. Yeah, there, that's right. There, I mean... I don't know. I, I think of people who do that as like day traders. And frankly, I'm sure there's lots of day traders who could hear me say this and who are going to hate what I'm about to say <laughs> and send me hate mail. But frankly, you're no good for the market. 
You're not. A day trader is worried about short term, um, you know, numbers and they're not looking at the long game. And, you know, that's not who I want to do business with because they are uh, more selfish. Causing the volatility. Yeah, they cause the volatility Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. a a selfish, you know, viewpoint instead of looking at the long game. It's kind of like gambling, I suppose. It 100 percent is. And there's more and more people who do it because technology allows them to. Mm -hmm. And I just I'm just not a fan of it personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure there's people who are on this station or people who have different opinions of that. And that's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. We don't have to do business together. Knock yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> Knock yourself right. out. Yeah, There's plenty right. of people out there of all flavors. <laughs> so, you know, it's all good. Absolutely. But, um, one of the things though, that I will say, can I jump into this? Absolutely. Are you done with the rates? I'm done. Are you sure? I'm off my soapbox. Okay. Done being volatile around mm-hmm. the discussion of rates. <laughs> I'll stop being volatile. I mean, okay, my, maybe, maybe I'm throwing a little vitriol out there. But um, no, so one of the things that is also volatile right now, though, is with housing prices, not that the housing prices are going up or down. It's just that they're just going up mm-hmm. and up and up and up and up. Yep. And the volatility is the if you're a buyer trying to get into the market, it's some tough you know, situations out there, mm-hmm. right? We talked about this. You know, just to, to start this, you uh, we've mentioned many times on the show, listeners, uh, I'm always looking at this market rate, uh, or not market rate, but market watch update from the MLS. And like I'm looking at today right now with, on the seven-day um, market watch of new listings to pendings. Yeah. So new listings for the last week is 1,361. Mm. And the pendings is 2,686. Mm. Wow. And now the solds look a little bit up at the moment at 2,109, but that's because we just had this last week in the seven day period, end of the month. So people Mm -hmm. who were trying to close, you know, February is a short month. So as we go into March, some of those bled into kind of the early part of March because we didn't have a typical 30 day. Right. Um, so it shows a slightly higher number of solds than we have been getting, um, but the disparity is really that pending to new listings because here's the back on market. This tells you a lot about what's going on here in springtime, which normally is when we start seeing the listing numbers going up, right? Yeah. Back on market, meaning somebody had a failed transaction or they stopped and did some work and put it back on the market. Only 174. Really? Uh-huh. Listing price reduced. Eric, compare this to how we were a year ago when COVID yeah. first started. Mm-hmm. 255 Price reduced. Uh-huh. Remember when we were over 1,000? And this 1, is for the entire... Entire week, the entire MLS. Wow. And that now has even more counties in it because they added in Walla Walla and Columbia County. Hmm. You know, one of the things I've noticed, I, I, I'm kind of following a particular... Mm-hmm. And increases are going up. It's up to 219 now. I'm starting to see some price increases, mm-hmm. and those ones baffle me. You know, you get the alerts. Oh, guess what? The price just went up. And it's like. Oh. Yeah, and it's the, if it's not new construction, it's like, why? Well, that yeah. might be because what you and I talk about all the time, there's still people accepting offers from folks who haven't been through a full underwrite in their mm-hmm. pre-approval process. Yeah. Right? So some of those deals fall apart. Yeah. And because there was multiple offers, here's the thing. You get a few weeks into a transaction, and if you had multiple offers, well, odds are good, whether it was 5, 15, 25, 52, however many offers were out there, mm-hmm. most of those buyers are still looking. Right. Right. So you get two weeks in and the deal falls apart. Yep. 
Well, a lot of those people may have already found another place. Yeah, true. Right? So what happens is that seller is like, well, we got these offers that all escalated oh, to this. thinking they're all sitting good. And right. And so now they're like, price. well, let's just put it back on market at what those top offers we're looking at. Because mm -hmm. now we know what the price can go to. Mm -hmm. Right? I see. So that's a portion of the, you know, back Why on market increasing. as well as the price increases. And, and here's one of the things I also want to tell you if you're a listener out there and you're considering new construction – Here's what's happening with a bunch of the new construction guys. You know that we have this shortage of inventory when like when we have a more sedate market, they are more than happy to have the plat development open, their salespeople available, and then they're just like taking pre-sales right. and all of that. Right. A bunch of them aren't doing that right now. They're waiting till they're at drywall stage. Yeah. And that's because they can get a premium for the pricing. Because well, if they start at yeah. cement right at the foundation right, right that price point is significantly lower than if they get to where they are in finishing mode i've actually noticed um in fact i, I have one client that was going to make an offer on new construction a pre mm -hmm. pre-sale so it mm -hmm. hasn't been built yet yep. and uh, this is a plat down in kind of the the um, federal area and uh there were seven lots coming available mm -hmm. it's no you could no longer pick your lot and then yep. pick your home it's like, no, nope, mm -hmm. this lot has this style, yep. that lot has that style. This is exactly like and, 2007. And there were price escalations. They were yeah. accepting offers, but there were yeah. like seven or eight offers yeah. on the pre-sale yes. with escalations. Yeah, we're seeing that. It's not just that federal way. We've got yeah. North End, Snohomish County. Yeah. Same thing is going on with a bunch of the homes over there. Um, and in fact, in the agent remarks on the Northwest Multiple, they're saying, accepting escalations yeah, on these new construction. So yeah. it's it's gotten to where our shortage of inventory is that tight that we're back to that situation. And that's why I wanted to make sure. So this week, um, the Northwest Multiple, because we've had a market for so long with these issues, and now it's like a hyper-competitive market, yeah, yeah. that's our volatility, is, um, you know, they just might – uh, the majority of my team just spent a three-hour class earlier this week sitting in on the new forms changes. Now, some of the changes are pretty boring and nothing nothing big of note. They're just like cleaning up some language and terminology and things yeah. like that. But there are some significant changes. And in some of it, some one one is a clarification that I really appreciate, which is that most of us think about seller side, buyer side, right? Right, right. yeah. But unfortunately, the language in our documents for the longest time has said, hey, if I'm the buyer agent, I'm actually what's called the selling agent or selling broker in a transaction. So I have a listing broker and a selling broker. And that gets very confusing to it most does. consumers. In yeah. fact, it's confusing to most real estate agents, right. yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is kind of terrifying because yeah. you're like you're supposed to know this mm. um, <laughs> which <laughs> makes me laugh most of the time or went to smack my head against the wall there you go so <laughs> anyhow they finally yay have changed some of the documentation to say buyer's broker oh there you go finally. instead good. of the selling broker oh, good. good and they've also cha uh, changed on the front page of the purchase and sale agreement uh, of all types of um, transactions whether it's vacant land multifamily single family condo you name it um, they now have more clarity around who represents who or if someone is not represented at all because mm -hmm. before it would just say 
you know, buyer represented by, and it would have check boxes for selling broker or listing broker. And then, um, and you just didn't check anything mm -hmm. if they were unrepresented. Yeah. Right. And then same thing for the listing side, it was represented by, you know, and, and what it gave was an opportunity is that if you were a dual agent representing both the seller and the buyer, then you would just check those boxes appropriately. Mm -hmm. Right now, dual agency is legal in the state. Many of our listeners have heard me say, I am not a fan mm -hmm. because I do not feel like it's an inherent conflict of interest. We have a duty of confidentiality. So if I have someone sharing personal information with me and also like, you know, what price they would sell the place at. Let's just describe dual agency, meaning mm -hmm. you as yep. one real estate agent are representing both the buyer and the seller Correct. at the same time. Yes. And and it's impossible for you to be an advocate for, for either one of them, or at least you're not supposed to, but it's pretty mm -hmm. hard to um It's to difficult do to do that and maintain confidentiality. Mm-hmm. And not push one person's agenda over another. That's right. But we're going to go into this a lot deeper as soon as we get back from this break because agency is a big, hot topic. And Absolutely. there's a lot our listeners need to know. All right. Well, we're going to be right back. More Open House with Team Reba. Just a minute. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba has the Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes <laughs> from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. As we're sitting here having a little private joke. Did you know that they announced a new Dix, though? Ah, oh, you stole my thunder. Oh, I had to. <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, what does Petco and a fast food restaurant have in common? What? <laughs> That's that is a tricky question. That is the answer because there is going to be a new Dick's Drive-in. I believe that's their eighth location uh -huh. over on the east side, yes. uh, which is in the old Petco. Oh, okay, because it's over in the crossroads, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I was know. just discussing it this last week with some people down at Renton. <laughs> we were really bummed that we didn't win the vote. Oh, all yeah. for East Side for yeah, yeah renting for, for that. We were trying. Yeah. We were trying yeah. hard. Yeah, that would have been that would have been good. It would. I know it would have yeah. been close to you too. Besides yeah. the other location, you know, the uh, they well, they put one in Kent, which yeah. is really Des Moines. I mean, let's it's, it's, yeah, it's like kind of right Kent. down by yeah. there. But um, it's a part of Kent people don't even know is Kent. <laughs> it's it's far enough away from mm -hmm. from where I live that that's mm -hmm. a good thing. Because ah. if it were any closer, I, I'd be You'd in be there, there like all, all the time, time. Yeah. and that wouldn't be good. Considering you believe yeah. it cures the common cold, yes. <laughs> no, it does. Oh, yeah. No, it does. Yeah. No, there's no question. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, uh, It is a miracle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll just keep taking your word uh -huh. for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I know there's a lot of people who are listening to the show who love that restaurant. And, you know, I should go there again. It's been a long time since I've been. I should go and... See if I, I just I don't eat hamburgers that much anymore. Yeah, I I, I honestly don't, I don't either, eat a lot but, of carbs uh, and fried fries, food. I know, and, but the fries are are they're something in them. I don't know, but it's just a potato. Yeah. It's nothing else. But they're very yeah. very good. Well, if they're real potatoes, they great. are. They have a machine. They put a potato in it. and They go like that. Well, and that's, there you go. see, that's the difference because it's real potatoes. Yeah, totally. Most of the other it's like not large chains are not right. Well, yeah, and the large chains, it's uh, a lot of times it's not actually truly potatoes. It's no, like yeah. a mash, right, kind right. of thing. So yeah, <laughs> they're made out of pre-famulated amulite. 
or something like that. Okay. <laughs> like a Pringle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So anyway, all right. So before the break, we were discussing the whole thing around dual agency. Yeah. Right. Which is not a cool thing. It, well, opinion. it's not. Yeah. A, I mean, it's just that's a business philosophy for me. I know that there are a bunch of agents out there who they love it because they can make more money and they feel like they don't have to chase so much, you know, um, opportunities, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't sure. want to work as hard. Um, but here's the thing. In the state of Washington, you're supposed to have written agreements mm-hmm. with the buyer sure. and the seller. Sure. sure. Both sure. of them have to understand what it is. The problem is that we continue to have people who don't have those written agreements in mm-hmm. place. Right. And shame on the agents who aren't doing it. I can't even tell you, Eric, how many times we're the second or the third agent working with somebody and I'm going through my buyer presentation package with them mm-hmm. and I pull out the little blue and white pamphlet. You know, it's about what you six... need to know about agency. I think right. Is what it's yeah. Titled. The agency pamphlet that is required mm-hmm. by the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. And I pull it out. I said, well, okay, since you've worked with two or three other people, you know, you probably are familiar with this document already. So I don't want to bore you too much. And they're like, I've never even seen that. Right. And right, we're like, right, right. oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's walk through it, shall we? <laughs> and then, and because it talks about yeah. compensation. Yeah, we have to be able to talk about compensation no matter what side of the transaction we're on. Sure. Right? And I find this interesting because right now there are several class action lawsuits around the United States about how real estate agents are compensated and how consumers are getting mad about it. And they're suing, Hmm. you know, and saying, you know, there's like three or four states saying from the seller side, hey, wait, why am I paying for the buyer's representation? This is ridiculous. And then there's another state, I think it's Michigan, who's suing from the buyer's side in a class action suit Hmm. saying, hey, I overpaid for this property Hmm. because this person's pay is wrapped into the price, which I was just ranting about that earlier this week because the reason why those things are out there is because people don't understand how our industry works. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of misinformation and there are, I, I won't shy away from the fact that there are companies out there. There are offices, individual offices that push standardized commissions, which we are not supposed to have. Mm-hmm. The, anti, uh, the Sherman Antitrust Act applies to real estate and came from lawsuits decades ago. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right. Because they had been doing price fixing. Price fixing. But this is one of the most competitive industries I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. And I've worked right. in a lot of industries. You know, I've been in restaurant, retail, manufacturing, and software. And I've been in this industry for 18 years. And it has been nothing but a roller coaster of what happens. In the, and, and what most people don't realize is there's been more and more compression on the commissions anyway. Now, part of it is because in high price areas like ours, people start to wonder, well, what's the value of this person? Right. When I'm selling a million-dollar house, are you really worth that much? Mm-hmm. And frankly, many of them are not. Right, I've seen the uh, cell phone pictures of million-plus-dollar oh. listing oh. homes and the poor oh. marketing and uh, the grammatical errors and the write-ups and <laughs> things oh. like that. But yes, you know, but but also we're getting inundated and flooded with with ads now uh, for discount um, listing mm-hmm. companies. You know, pay one percent or pay. Except for that's also false advertising because what they're not giving you half the time on that is the fact that they then say, well, our list fee is this, 
but you also have to pay this other fee. So they're advertising the smallest amount that, yeah, technically on one side. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's that. hard to read the fi- fine print when you're driving by it. You know, exactly. sixty miles an hour. They put it on billboards. They on put billboards it on and... ads on mm-hmm. television. I've right. seen them during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I go on their websites and I test their stuff so I can see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. then. There's a, well, that's only if you have this like very limited service situation and then you still have to pay this. That's why mm-hmm. that's part of one of the lawsuits because right. that company pushes that agenda. Must be on the third Thursday, full moon and countersign yeah, by the Easter Bunny. Yeah, or if you need these other things or more handholding. But I mean, that's one of the yeah. things where I, I've already been saying on the show and with you directly because I'm still finishing up some of the, the stuff that's there. But we have a tiered process now on mm-hmm. ours yeah. and tiered pricing model. And you do get different service levels for the different pricing models because some people do actually have plenty of skills and ability mm-hmm. and they don't want some of those other services or, you know, whatever it is. And this is a trend in the industry. Yeah. yeah I, I sure. truly believe in the next five years that this is going to be a much more corporatized it will. process and that I think the pay scale is going to change drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, I think it needs to, honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big fan of it personally. Well, it's, it's a similar thing on the lending side, but, but one of the things that's, I, I don't believe will ever happen is, uh, that this whole system, as much as everybody would like it to happen, mm-hmm. it's never going to be fully automated. So, so Reba, you oh, no, I, it's, it's never going to be doubtful that, that no. we're going to get replaced by a machine, you know, and, no. and, and we see that people, when they shop, when they're shopping for a home, when they're shopping for a mortgage, they'll use all the online tools. Oh, yeah. But when it comes down to I'm ready to make an offer, mm-hmm. uh, they really need the advice of an expert. They need Absolutely. some hand-holding. They mm-hmm. need some, some you know, wisdom and experience yeah. you know, going into it. And, and if you just click understand. that button, you're, you can get into so much trouble. Oh, so, so much trouble. Yeah. No, the, the, the understanding, the value comes from someone who can guide you through the process. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And that's what, I mean, that's why you and I have worked together for so long. Mm-hmm. Right. I was just talking to somebody the other day who I'm referring into Kansas city mm-hmm. and the agent I was, you know, he's already told me, he's like, Oh, well the guy's telling me I need to you know work with the local person. I'm like, the person I just referred you to has local people mm-hmm. and can do that. And I said, so he, he mostly wants to be able to control what's happening in, in his world down there. Right. Right. right? And yeah, that's part yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now, this person here who this mutual client now has experienced and seen and learned from, like, this is one of the top people in the nation. Mm-hmm. So, I get your point, but it'd be different. Like you and I have talked about the online, right? But you're not that online, no, right? You're not that online guy that is horrible and terrible, and the deal falls apart because he's not engaged right. and not knowledgeable mm-hmm. either. If you can even get the same person, you right? Know, yeah, a lot of them are call centers. Ones. Yeah, they're call centers. You know, just get shuffled around. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my, I was talking about forms documents. Now we're like going <laughs> off on a tirade. But um, anyway, so the, the whole thing around the documentation is identifying who really works for who, mm-hmm. right? Making it clear with the nomenclature, like buyer's broker versus listing broker, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't have the sewing broker language anymore. Yay. But some of the other stuff that was around the volatility piece is they have a change on earnest money that I okay. think people are going to want to know. 
because this is a timing thing, right? As you know, there are a lot of deadlines in a contract. So earnest money in the past has been that you had two days. If you were the individual, you're the buyer, mm -hmm. right? You have two days to get your money into the escrow account, mm -hmm. whether that's wire transfer, you drop off a check, you know, whatever that is. They come courier, you know, to you and pick up the check. Like you have two business days to make that happen. Now, prior to March 3rd, if you were a consumer and you handed your check to your agent, that agent would then have three more days to get it to the escrow company. Mm -hmm. They've eliminated that. The three days. They've eliminated. Interesting. Now, if you hand it to your real estate agent, you still only have two days to get it turned oh, in. Oh, interesting. That's going to change some folks' vacation plans. It may change some people's plans. Um, it it will probably force a lot more of either the courier or wire. Mm -hmm. And they actually finally added wire to the contract. They didn't have it before. We used to have to write it in, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But here's the thing. Here's why this really, really matters. That two days, if you screw it up, you as a buyer can then technically be in default. And that means, it again, very hyper market. Let's say your first position and there was another backup offer behind you. Right. This is scary. A seller, if they found that you had not gotten your money in in time, could cancel your transaction and go right to the next backup offer. Wow. Timing's everything. Timing's everything. And There's, speaking of timing, yep. we got to go into a short little break here. That's right. If you have some sort of an urgency in your life, <laughs> uh, go take care of that right now. We're going to be right back. More Open House with Team Reba coming up. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we'd be remiss if we didn't tell you that we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock and Sundays. From 3 to 4. 3 to 4. Always on podcasts. That's right. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. iHeartRadio, you name it. Yep. Ask Alexa. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not Alexi in you. your office. She'll tell you. She knows. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we have over five years of content in there with lots mm -hmm. and lots of really, really good topics. And, you know, if you're wondering, you know, you, you're uh, trying to figure out what do I need to know about credit? What do I need to know about down payment? What do I need to know about taxes, insurance, mortgage uh, insurance, mortgage insurance? I mean, you name it. So many special topics. programs and contract stuff, horror stories. We got it all in yes. there. Yes. Yes. And so. some other fun stories. <laughs> Absolutely. Some that are just lifestyle, mm -hmm. local cool nonprofits and businesses. That's right. Things that have to do with like detached accessory dwelling units. That's Who's right. your dadu? That's right. Over That's at right. my cabin and a whole bunch of other things. You yeah. know what? Also, I need to, um, I was driving by, I was down by the Des Moines Marina uh, over the- SR3? Yeah. There's SR3 down there, which is a sea life rescue. Mm -hmm. We had them on, uh, but- about a month, month and a half ago. Uh, I think January, and, yeah. Yeah, and they're working. I think they're officially open now. And you and I were yeah. talking about doing a, a, um, a remote live event down yes. there. That'd be kind of fun to do. We should get that set up. Let's do it. We'll go hang with some some sea lions. And, I would totally love that. Yeah. I'm 100% down for that. Yeah. I have some girlfriends who are thinking about trying to do like an outdoor walk down in yeah. Des Moines. That would maybe be oh, a sure. perfect thing because then we could introduce some other people to the absolutely to the uh program yeah i bet absolutely. they'd love that <laughs> they totally would yeah yeah okay totally cool would, let's so. make that happen yeah yeah um okay so speaking of making things happen mm -hmm. contracts 
You got to make them happen. Yeah. You got to make them happen accurately and pay attention to your timelines. Like I was saying before we came into the break. And so there's a few other changes that people might want to know about. Mm-hmm. One of them that I like in the financing addendum is that they've changed how they do notice periods around that. And that's going to matter mm-hmm. like about how you and I interact on transactions mm-hmm. and our transaction coordinator, For right? Sure. Yeah. Because before the default was within 10 days that the seller had the right to ask the buyer like, Hey, what's the progress on your loan? Mm-hmm. Well, they're taking that out and modifying it to say it's a default 21 days. And oh, so, interesting. and, and what they've done is they've also taken what has been this very almost problematic language. Cause before it was the seller's right to terminate, which sounds really bad. It does. Right. Yeah. It sounds contentious. It sounds like you're going to get killed. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not a terminator. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it does, it does come across as very, uh, aggressive, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. oh, here's my notice, you know, to waive or terminate. Mm-hmm. And the the whole thing has basically been is they were just trying to put teeth in the the document back, I don't know, back in 2012 or so, just to say, hey, we know there's some people out there that aren't always doing their job and they're not getting the documents to the lender. And sometimes the lender doesn't even know this thing's under mm-hmm. contract. Right. And so the process isn't happening. And so it's, it, it's meant to be kind of a check and balance, really, mm-hmm. to make sure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. right? So... They've now got a default of 21 days. So you're going to want to talk about this with your agent, whoever's representing you, about how you want to approach it. Um, because, you know, if you're going to have a long closing period, then, you know, you might want to modify that. Sure. But um, I like that they've taken this whole thing out and just saying that it's more about a, you know, it's a voluntary notice to waive. The seller, you know, is, can do this check-in. It makes it so they can come to you directly. Okay, so let's let's – some you know, kind mm-hmm. of going a little more on that. So the the right to terminate, basically, what what you're saying is that you go to buy a home, you get into contract, mm-hmm. you're going to write an earnest money check. Let's yes. say it's ten thousand dollars, right? And you have a financing contingency. Yes. And the financing contingency usually says that you must make application for your loan within five, five days. days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Default. And and then you have X amount of days to issue final loan approval. So what what the notice to terminate is saying is that once you're at day twenty one. The seller can basically call you, call your bluff and mm-hmm. say, you know, you are, are you moving forward with financing? Mm-hmm. Do you have your approval? And they can request that you waive your financing contingency at that point, correct? Yes. And no, yeah, it basically is asking if you can waive and if you don't, then they have a right to terminate. Okay. Right. They can, if they, if they want, if, you if they want, waive. they're not required to terminate on you mm-hmm. no that's the thing that a lot of people haven't understood because they look at the language mm-hmm. and they think oh well then it's automatically going to happen it's like no it doesn't no. automatically happen they have to choose to do it and most people don't want to do that i mean the right. whole goal of selling their you know putting their house on the market is to sell it i hardly ever see that document exercise and the only time we typically do is when the seller is really, really nervous for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're freaking out about well, this or that. Or in some cases, it's because they do have a backup offer that maybe came in later mm-hmm. that might be better that than the better. first offer terms. Yeah. And so they're pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the whole thing. Is like you and I just recently went through a situation because we've said before on this show, sellers don't have to give extensions. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so... Yeah. There is risk, right? So we went through that just recently where we mm-hmm. had a client that, you know, everything was great. They had a huge amount down, but we had an appraisal issue that came up that delayed the transaction. And I had to go back 
and convince this listing agent mm -hmm. who's had a backup offer supposedly in place mm -hmm. right. and had been threatening with that mm -hmm. at the beginning of the transaction. And, you know, we had to sweet talk them into like, hey, we need two days extra. <laughs> Right. in the nicest way possible right. because we had a significant amount of earnest money at risk mm -hmm. with right. our client. Of course. Yeah. So it was, it was an important thing to be paying attention to and to know that well, that, and, and have those conversations with our customer. And that's something it, it's so important to talk through the, the risks with a client when mm -hmm. you're getting into contract, because yes. you know, like in, in, in that, that instance, we, we had an appraisal delayed because of the rare bouts of Weather. snow that we got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the appraisal yeah. was delayed about five days. Yeah. And then when the appraisal report came in, it had some issues. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Uh, and th those issues had to be resolved. Yeah. They had to be reviewed. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that probably yeah, more yeah, in another yeah, show. Might, but the yeah. whole point was we went back and using our financing contingency in the old language mm -hmm. and just said, Hey, look, our client, we know they're going to get this loan. There is no problem about them getting the loan. Mm -hmm. We just need this little bit of extra time because of, you know, how right. this is all structured. And, and so what we did is we gave the option for the seller that if they chose to, they would go ahead and release earnest money mm -hmm. in exchange for an the extra time mm -hmm. as well as waiving the financing because mm -hmm. at that stage because that's why i like the 21 days versus the 10 because mm -hmm. as you and i both know if someone has five days at the beginning just to get their formal application in mm -hmm. you probably you don't have your appraisal back by then but usually three weeks in usually yeah usually we have yeah, it there, back. there are certain markets where that's not happening where yeah. there's a shortage of appraisers oh yeah like if you go over to spokane for instance it can take mm -hmm. a month to get an appraisal oh yeah parts of the olympic peninsula yeah you know where, where we're seeing that but i guess my point with all of this is that you know, we're in such a hyper competitive market. You know, one of the one of the methods used to to win the offer is to have a fast closing. You know, if it's a three week or four week closing, um, but when you do those really short closings, there mm -hmm. is zero wiggle room. There's no room. Mm -hmm. You know, if if one thing happens and it's even outside of the control of anybody, oh, yeah. well, we've had delays caused by appraisers, by insurance agents, mm -hmm. by uh, getting IRS transcripts i mean by yeah. by by things by by systems well, failures so and that that, all that. that brings yeah. me to the point that in this form because there are all those things and because of the competitive nature of this market mm -hmm. one of the things you'll be interested to hear is that a section they've added is automatic waiver of financing contingency that if after that 21 days so if an agent checks mm. this box wow dude you're going to want to see these forms. Okay, so nor <laughs> yeah, because normally your financing contingency sort of runs all the way up to closing. Yes, and, and it does say that. Normally it survives right. closing. Meaning yes. that if for some reason the financing fails, you can still mm -hmm. get your earnest money back as Correct. a buyer. So if, if that box, is, that 21-day box is checked, mm -hmm. you're, you're on day 22, financing fails, you could lose your earnest money. Correct. Ooh. It's Yeah, we haven't even touched all of this yet but yeah. these are significant those ones that i just brought up we'll probably talk about the other ones in another show wow well that wraps up another episode of open house of team reba read your contracts everybody you know or make sure your agent does <laughs> somebody please read those contracts know what they say yeah. well have a great weekend everyone we'll see you next week thank you for listening to open house with team reba to contact us visit team reba at re max metro east side on facebook 
or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.